we can get stuck on the idea of just doing. That the, the answer that the direction God's taking us is that we've got to do more and do this and do that and if you do all these things. And today I want us just to stop a minute and actually think about not doing. I want us to think about the idea that not everything is about doing, but as Marianne was sharing earlier, sometimes there's space and a place for rest, for resting in God. It's okay to have some downtime in our lives. And when I was starting to put this together and thinking about this, I decided I wanted to get onto the internet and I wanted to find some statistics that would demonstrate how much busier our lives are nowadays. And I thought I'd just go and find that. And I'd quite easily be able to come up with figures that showed that compared to 10 years ago or 50 years ago, we're now working way, way, way more. But it might surprise you to know, because it surprised me, that the average worker in the UK now works less hours than they did 20 years ago. And that, compared to the rest of the world, we do really very well with the amount of hours that we work. Surprised by that? Because, see, I am. I'm a little bit surprised, because it led me to this question. If that's true, when we're actually working less hours than we were 20 years ago, why does it seem like we're working more? Why does it feel like we have less time for life and family time and God? Because when I talk to people, that generally often is the sort of thing that comes back. I'm so busy. We're so busy. We just don't have time. I talk to people a lot about this. People will say, I, I can't make time for housekeeper. I can't get along to help with this because I just don't have time for it. Well, I guess that, in truth, statistics about work aren't always 100% uh, clear, and they don't take into account the sort of things that, if you live in Swavesy at the moment, you have to take into account, like leaving work three hours earlier to get onto the A14, or whatever it might be. And they don't include the figures for people that take second jobs, because they need it to help with finances and things. In the last 15 years, one of the statistics I found was in this country there's been an increase of 40% on the number of people that are taking declared second jobs. And they estimated that if they included the people that weren't declaring their second jobs, that was probably closer to between 60 and 70%, the increase in people. So people are doing more. There seems to be a lot more going on in people's lives. One way or another, we are busy. Busy, busy, busy all the time. And this naturally is going to have a consequence on our health. There are big rises in things like chronic stress and in our family lives. There are, there are clear evidences of what happens when we work too much, we're doing too much, where both parents are working, maybe both of them, not just one job, but two. So how do we tackle the busyness of our lives? That's what I want us to think about today. And I guess the question that you might say, or we might ask, is do we need to? Do we actually need to tackle this busyness? And I believe the answer is yes, we do. Because the busyness of our lives, I think, is getting in the way of the time that we have for God. 
The Bible, right through the Bible, encourages us to be intentional about rest, to be deliberate in our taking time out. We're supposed to be sort of deliberate about rest, about worship and leisure. And as we continue to, to think about what it means to be a church with 2020 vision, it's important not just that we think about the doing, but we remember that Jesus was Lord of the Sabbath. In Mark's account of this, this thing, that, that, that the reading that we had just now, Jesus actually says this. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us. Have you ever thought about that before? That God made the Sabbath for us. Now, my experience of God is if God gives me something or does something for me, there's a very serious, important reason for it. And I, I, you know, I was about to say I've got to have a very good reason not to. There isn't ever a very good reason not to do what God is preparing for us or wants us to do. And if God's word says that the Sabbath was made for you and for me, then there's only one conclusion we can come to, and that is that we're people who are supposed to take Sabbath, use the Sabbath. I think it's true that many of us nowadays live unbalanced lives. I don't know as I look out whether, whether that's a reality in your life. If you actually kind of did a, a sort of top-up of how your life is, your time is spent, I think most of us would find that our lives are quite unbalanced. We spend too much time doing the things that in the long run don't matter, and we don't spend enough time on the things that do. A survey in 2018 suggested that on average we waste six days a year of our annual holidays. You don't get much annual holiday, but this survey implied that of, of those 20 odd days or whatever it is, that we, we end up wasting six of them. I'm pretty sure if your boss said to you this year, we're, we're going to get rid of six days of your annual leave because they're not, you'd be quite disappointed with that, wouldn't you? But apparently these statistics say we, we just waste them. And they, they kind of defined this in the sense of holiday days that we don't even use, the number of people that just don't even use their entitlement, that family time, when we get family time, that it's underutilized. Also, that things like worship and prayer and study time is neglected. Life and society has an unbalance to it now. And I believe that we end up, because of that, unbalanced too. I don't want any comments about whether you think I'm an unbalanced person at this point. The key to finding balance in our lives, to having a well-ordered life, is to follow the pattern that God laid down right at the beginning of time when he created the heavens and the earth. What we see in the story of creation, what's embedded in that is there's this way of living that involves work and rest. And the time of rest is supposed to be our Sabbath. And it's the Sabbath 
that gives balance to our life, that helps us have meaning to our time. So in this passage in Luke chapter 6, we, we have this story of Jesus and his disciples walking through a field of grain and picking that grain. They're rubbing it together in their hands and then they're just eating some of it. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're told that the Pharisees get mad about this. They accuse Jesus and his disciples of breaking the law. For them, for the Jews, especially the Pharisees, they were so committed to trying to follow God's laws, the letter of the law, that they would come up with extra rules and extra regulations to try and make sure that people got it absolutely right. When it came to the Sabbath, they had put in so many rules, they set down so many things about what could and couldn't be done. There were rules about how far you were allowed to walk on, a, on the Sabbath. Not how far you had to, how far you, you were allowed to. They wanted to take rest seriously. And that's not a bad thing, because that's what I want us to do, to take rest seriously. But, out of a fear of getting it wrong, and because of their almost addiction to rules... They'd gone too far with it. And so the Pharisees ended up sort of blinded by regulations and rules, and they couldn't see the truth. The Sabbath ended up being turned into a burden. It was no longer a rest. The rest that they were trying to, to point people to, it became a burden because people were worried whether they had broken this rule or that rule. It seems to me that today we've kind of moved in the opposite direction. It seems to me that in our society now, it feels as though the idea of the Sabbath sounds nice, but we really can't do it because we're just too busy and we actually value being busy more. And it isn't because we're afraid of being Pharisees, but because I think we've become people who can't say no to anything. And we just say yes and yes and yes and we fill our time and fill our time. Whether that's with employment work or just stuff and stuff. And perhaps the only thing that we're still good at saying no to is God. And so we filled our lives to a point where they're overflowing. And then when somebody like me says it would be really good if you got involved in this or you could help out with this. What we come back with is, oh, I just don't have time. I just need a break, a rest. And yet, over and over, we fill that space with more and more stuff. So if we accept that the Sabbath is part of God's structure, and we want to observe that, we want to observe the Sabbath, have a day of rest, then we are going to have to be people who say yes to God more and no to the other things that are stopping us have that time. We need to make God a priority in our time. We need to actually say no to other things so that we can say yes to God. Because the maths won't work up. We cannot just keep saying yes to everything else that the world pushes on us and imagine that we can say yes to God too. Something has to be given up 
you have to stop to make deliberate, intentional space for God. If we're to truly to take on this idea of taking a day of the week and resting from our labours, that means we need to be people that budget our time. That actually sit down and look at it and work out how we can use that time to make sure we've got God time. We need to get done what needs to be done so that we've got space. We've got proper time for God. We need to stop over-committing ourselves. That might sound like an interesting thing to say at the beginning of a year when we're kind of talking about what God wants us to do. But the biggest mistake we could make as a church is get to the, would get, be to get to the end of 2020 and be so busy doing stuff that we didn't have time as individuals and as a fellowship to worship and pray and to read our Bibles, to rest, to stop. If we end up so committed to church events, school functions, work activities, whatever they are, that we can't take a Sabbath, how are we honouring God's word? How are we living our lives in a way that honours what God says in his word, what God did in creation, in creating us? I believe that if we intentionally build our weekly schedules around the idea of having Sabbath rest, <coughs> Excuse me. we will begin to have a better, different understanding of time and how it's spent. But it's got to start with intention, a deliberate decision to rethink our diaries, our time, our calendars, our activities. Hindsight's fabulous and when we're older and the children have gone I think a lot of us will look back and as we reflect back think I wish I'd had some more time then I wish I'd made more time then to do the family stuff and I wish doesn't change things in the past but what it can do is hopefully make us think more intentionally about what we do in the future there's a rhythm of life that God set down right at the beginning of creation, right at the start. There's a flow to life that we're supposed to follow in our lives. It's a way that we're supposed to use our time. And the Sabbath rest is at the centre of that. There's a holy element to what Sabbath is about. Exodus chapter 20 tells us that God made the, the Sabbath holy. What does that mean? If God makes the Sabbath holy, what does that mean? Well, literally, holy means set apart, different, unlike everything else in existence. That's God. He's holy. He's unlike anything else. If we look at the story of creation, there's, there's a simple question to ask. Why did God create everything in six days? The God that I know could have created it in one day, in one second. He could have just made it like that. But the story tells us he took six days, intentional, deliberate, patterned days. However we understand those days, 
There's a pattern. There's a sequence. And at the end of them, he rests. He takes a day to rest. I mean, I don't think God does tired, but he rested. Six days working, one day to rest. And it seems to me that there's a pattern here that God wants to establish for us in creation. We're told that we're made in his image. We're made to be like him. And he establishes this pattern for us to observe so that when we live our lives, we follow the same pattern. Six days working, a day of rest. And that should be reflected in how we work and how we rest, how we use our time. A question for all of us is, are we reflecting the image of God in our work-life pattern, in our time management? Is there a light coming? Is that, do we need to just close some curtains? There's a kind of light flashing across. Sorry. Thank you, Stephen. Is that better? Okay. Is that like God was shining his light on you or something? <laughs> The Sabbath is intended to be that day of the week when we can rejoice over the fact that it's okay not to be busy. It's okay not to be wrapped up in work. Now, I don't know whether you're like me, but I actually struggle with days off if I'm not filling them up with things. Anyone else suffer with that problem? See, we've become obsessed with doing Just as Marianne was talking about, we don't do stopping and resting in God. And so when we have a day off, we either have to fill it up or we get to a point. I get to a point where I'm thinking, I've wasted the day. What have I done? And I could have been reading my Bible more. I could have been in prayer for more. I could have been doing just resting in God. The point is, we don't need to be feeling guilty all the time about having a day off. And that might be that that we think the world looks at us and thinks we're going to be lazy if we don't do anything. I think when we're teenagers, we're quite good at it. We've mastered staying in bed all day and not doing very much, but there's a bit extra that we need to add to that. But then we we end up feeling guilty if we haven't done something with the day. And I think we have to drop that. We have to recognize that God rested. And we need to be people that rest. Do you know God commands us to recognize the Sabbath? To take a day, to set it aside. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, God says this to us. He said, we should be holy because I am holy. Remember that thing about holy, the idea of something that's completely different, that isn't like the rest of the the world at all, nothing else? God says, you be like that. You be like me. And if we can get ourselves intentionally into a pattern where we can enjoy a day of goodness, of what God has given us and God is doing in our lives by kind of spending time in his word, by reading it, by praying, by singing praises, by worshipping him through 
being relaxed and resting. Then we're getting closer to the image of God that he's made us in. You know, this idea of a Sabbath, it's a gift. It's not an oppressive commandment. It's not something where God sort of says, if you don't rest, I will punish you. It's a gift of rest. It is also a commandment. that We're left to decide how to use this gift that God has given us. When God gives us commandments, he does it because they're good for us, not because he wants to show us who's in charge. He gives us commandments because they're good for us, they're valuable for us. And this commandment about rest, about a Sabbath, is an antidote to the busyness of the world, to worldliness itself. It says, it actually by introducing the concept of rest, God is saying, it doesn't matter how much you work, that's not what it's about. What really matters is that you can find rest and relaxation in God. You find, you find that time to be strengthened, to be refreshed in resting in God. It's faith. It's trust in God for that time. I think we're all a little scared about time. We're scared that if we don't use it to its maximum now, we might run out of it. We might wish we'd done. We need to rest. We need to think better about what we're doing with it. I think that if we remember that the, to keep the Sabbath, and I'm not saying here that we have to all stop on a Sunday and, and that there's this specific day. This is a, a concept of a pattern. Within seven days, we should be taking a day of rest. When we do that, when we get a better understanding of keeping it holy, we will grow in, in our faith, we will grow in our relationship with God, we will grow in, grow in our understanding because we'll have time to hear back from God. We won't just be rushing those prayers off, trying to fit them in on the way to work or in between a couple of jobs and not have time to actually hear what God's saying. Because I think, you know, the first thing God's going to say is stop. We can throw a great long list of the things that are bothering us and things that are troubling us and I'm pretty sure the first response is stop a minute. Just come and sit down with me for a minute. God wants us to remember that as hard as we work, nothing we do can get us to where he wants us to go. That's done through Jesus Christ and through our faith in him. 2020 vision. Being people knowing where God's leading us, where he's calling us. How are we ever going to know that? if we don't take time to listen. If we don't stop, put everything down and wait on God. We, 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 we said we want to deliberately seek his direction and his guidance. That means we have to stop and listen. I want to encourage you to be people who stop, who rest, who take a break, put your feet up, 
get your Bible out. Find that passage that, that all those years ago was really significant to you and meant so much early on in your faith. And just remind yourself why. Sing that song that you just, when you, when you sing it, when you hear it, just speaks to you about God and draws you into a place where you, you find you're able to, to feel lighter and more encouraged in life. Pray about what you read. Pray about what you see going on in the world. Talk to God. Pray about what's going on in your life. Don't just put your head down and try and muddle through it. Take time. That's my prescription for you today. Take some time. Make some time. Put rest into your pattern. And the, the pattern we've got to follow is the pattern that God established right at the beginning of time. If it was good enough for God, then it's more than good enough for us. It's the best model there is. Does the idea of a bit of rest and time sound good to you? How many of you have got too much time on your hands right now? How many of you would like a bit more God time? Yeah? Okay, some questions for the week. Here's my two questions. <laughs> to ponder on, to talk at, maybe at house group this week. How much time do I actually allow for God each week? Seven days, 168 hours, 10,080 minutes. How many of those minutes, those hours, those days, do I really give to God? Do the maths. I think it might help you to see how far up the list of priorities God is right now. There will be all sorts of reasons why that probably doesn't work out great. And it might feel that, that some of those are out of your control. Well, I know who you can go to to help get them in control. God. And the second question to ask this week. Ask it of each other at home. Ask it in house group. Ask it when you meet up in different places. How important is it to me to make more time for God. Because that will directly influence whether or not you're going to do anything about it. I believe that our lives need to be centred around God. If we're going to get 2020 vision, if we're going to get that perfect vision of where God's calling us on how to see the world and how to interact with it, we have to be centred on God. And to do that, we have to have time in our lives to be with him, to focus on him. Our lives, we need to recognise this year. Rest is just as important as everything else we're doing. Let's think about that together.